Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Hello, welcome to Ghost Chronicles, Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsink. With me, all the way from the land of the East Bridgewater, is the blonde bombshell herself, the sweet and adorable <laughs> Anne Carrigan. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Has someone stolen Ron and replaced him with an exact, well, not exact, but a um, clone? Um, 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 <laughs> what are you saying? Well, I was going to say an exact replica, but something. that doesn't quite exact fit. Something. You know, I have a feeling that, like, all the top people, President Obama and Putin, have been Putin? replaced with aliens. It's just a theory. I have no proof, but uh, I'm just, I've been thinking about it. Okay. The body snatcher, maybe. Really? Snatchers. Anyway. Okay. Right. So, we have an exciting show. What? 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 Can't you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Um, So, we have an exciting show, really. I'm, I'm really excited. Awesome. Because there was this really interesting case in Scotland, which is kind of far from me. And, A little bit. Yeah. But I wanted to learn more about it. So I sent our investigative reporter, Sparky Scott Stevens, out there to <laughs> investigate for us. And uh, he just came back with his live report. So I'm really excited. Awesome. So, yeah, me so too. Sparky, I, saw, I saw the post on it. Yes. Hi, Ron. I'm here. Sparky so, Scott, how you doing? Hi, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> That's awesome. And so anyways, late night what's that guy over there? I said that he's our late night, late night date. Well, you know, he's actually pretty lucky because they're not on, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, Daylight Savings Time daylight now. Savings. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's actually an hour early for him, so he's like... Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's only 11, 11 o'clock p.m. instead of midnight? Yes, yes. We go on daylight savings soon. I don't know when. Oh, God, really? I'm going to start to get late for everything. I know I'm on daylight. I should have been on daylight savings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, for those who don't know, Stephen Scott is a regular on the show. He's been on many times, saved our button. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, he is a spiritualist, spiritualist medium. So we have lots to discuss. But uh, for the, so, anyways, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we, we had this uh, really interesting uh, case uh, in Scotland, and it, it really intrigues me. Uh, it's about the Overton Bridge. Now, for those who don't know what this story is about. And I have to call up my little information here. Uh, basically, 
uh, the story is that there's this bridge that goes over a, like a little stream or something, I think it's called. I forget what they call it in Scotland. But it's in uh, Milton near uh, Dumbarton. It's kind of a dumb name, Dumbarton. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. Am I big a fan of the Scottish? No, I am not. No, it's uh, <laughs> teach you how to pronounce it later. Oh, you're going to teach me how to pronounce it? <laughs> I, no, I would never try to do that, Ron. I know how oh, that would fun. end. <laughs> so anyways, there's this bridge up there, and um, what happens is there are many reports, uh, uh, 50 dogs, actually, who have leapt from this bridge to their deaths mm. for no particular reason at all. And, uh, you know, it's been... Let's see, 50 dogs over the last 50 years, so that's 10 a year, so that's about almost one a month. And uh, Wait a minute, it, 50 dogs over the last 50 years? Yeah. Or over the last 10 years? I don't know. 50. So one 50 a year. 50 years? So that's one, one a, year. a year. All right, whatever. But if you count the fleas, <laughs> if you count the fleas it's more. How many fleas must die, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wow, you're bad at math. Okay. I told you I just woke up. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, have a cup of coffee, man. I got, tea, I got my cup of tea here, my cup of here. Oh, so, all right. Anyway, Good. so this is kind of an interesting case, and, and I wanted to learn more about it. So um, uh, there are some theories. So I, I think I, I sent our ace reporter, uh, Stephen Scott, <laughs> here to check it out. And he did a, a, a report for us, and um, I think we have the clip from that report. So we're going to play that right now, and then we're going to talk to Spocky when we come back. Okay. Can we play the, report, the clip, please? Hi, Ron. Uh, that's me at Overton Bridge. I thought I'd just try and record a little video for you as well. Uh, as you can hear, there's a dog barking in the background. He hasn't done anything or tried to send himself over the bridge. Uh, you'll be glad to hear. But... Um, I do actually get quite dizzy up here, and I'm getting drawn downstream, which is in this direction. Over the side of the bridge, uh, it is a kind of strange dizziness that's there, so I don't know if that means anything. Uh, it's quite a kind of sombre place, knowing the history of what's happened here. So uh, I'll keep taking some photographs for you, we'll see how things go, and I hope you're all well. Catch you later. Car alarm just went off for no reason, no one's standing near it. Spooky. Hi Ron. Okay, I'm now further downstream from the bridge and I'm actually starting to develop quite a frontal headache that's kicking in uh, just now. I no idea why, I can't think of any reasons. The view up, it's not a steep hill at all, it's actually quite shallow. It's not been far to walk and I don't know if you can see but the bridge is literally just over here at that point. So perhaps something, perhaps nothing, but uh, I'm getting a rather frontal pain and the further I seem to go along this path downstream, the stronger the pain in my head's starting to get. Uh, I'm not opening up too much, I'll be honest. Uh, generally I don't like to tune into the psychic history of places because it can be quite fatiguing for me, but um, it just feels that uh, I don't feel at peace here, I don't feel happy here. Uh, it's a nice enough walk, but I'm not comfortable at all. Perhaps that's psychological and it's to do with the surroundings and I know what's happened here. 
So I'll have to chalk it down to that one. This could be a psychological reaction. Uh, I can't. But at the same time, you know, going with my gut, I feel my gut turning a little as I walk further along this pathway here. Uh, and as you see, it's, it's actually quite beautiful countryside. It's really pretty here. The birds are twittering, telling everybody to stay away from their territory. There's some nice little grassy areas all about. And it's actually quite a nice place. There's this strange thing in the sky that's lighting the world up. I'm Scottish, I've no idea what that means, but I'm kind of terrified of that right now. Uh, we don't see it very often. So, I'll let you know again just how things go as I walk my way back up to the house if this persists. But, uh, it's actually gone now. I've just passed this old tree. And it's gone. The pain in my head has actually stopped completely. So, that may be something, who knows. Catch you later. Okay, making my way back up the hill now towards the bridge. And I do actually have a presence in the back of my head. But it's moving into my ears. There's a strange pulsing, whistling sound in my ears at the present moment. That I'm not quite sure about. I think it's to do with the noise of the water. I don't know if you can hear it. It's quite a loud rushing sound. So, I don't know if that's maybe something to do with this. Maybe there's some sort of subsonics. Perhaps some sort of paracoustics, maybe a good shameless plug for Steve to get his new book in. Uh, so I'm just going to head back up to the bridge. I'll take in a couple of photographs for you and hopefully that should keep even the interest of Van Helsing happy. So again, signing off for the last time. Hope you guys are well and I'll catch you around. Okay, I think we're back. Okay. All right. That's so cool. there, that that was a eyewitness report from our ace reporter, Sparky Stevenson, Scott. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so everything you told us in that that little thing was as it happened, right? Yes. Yes. That's as I was walking around the area over the top of the bridge and down the what I think is the east side walkway that is as close as you can get to uh, the river underneath mm -hmm. the bridge. Uh, the whole thing's fenced off. You can't, ob obviously, for obvious reasons, you can't get very close to it. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, that was everything there. Um, and, obviously, we've got a lot of the photographs there as well. And, mm -hmm. yes, it, it's, it, it was a very interesting place. And now, strangely enough, I also, while I was there, I... I actually saw several people with dogs. So although mm -hmm. it has this reputation, it doesn't seem to put people off walking their mm. dogs. Some had them on their leads and some didn't. However, before we finish, there is an interesting story I would like to tell you about something that happened while okay. I was there, just before I left, after a cup of coffee and a piece of cake, uh, <laughs> which actually involved a dog and an owner who I was able to speak to. But... Um, from the top of the bridge, uh, the waterfall, as, as, as you drive into the area past Overton House and you're on the Overton Bridge, the waterfall comes essentially from your right-hand side, crashing down underneath the bridge and continues downstream, which would be to your left-hand side. So um, from the top of that bridge, I did feel an, a kind of strange pull downstream for some reason, mm -hmm. which is another reason why I, I went in that direction. Um, and again, I was tuning in, but not overly, you know, I didn't spend an hour meditating in the grounds or anything like that, trying to find out what was going on. I just thought, I'll go and I'll see how it feels. Uh, 
just to walk around the area and I was just very aware of a, a kind of pulsing heaviness all along the left hand side at the top of that bridge that was kind of drawing me over to want to go and look at that side now I don't know what side the dogs are jumping from I can't find any information to say that uh, online I've not seen anything to say you, you know what side they seem to go to but that's the side I certainly was drawn to um, so yes it was it, it was an interesting day there uh, it's actually quite a terrifying fall um, it, it looks slightly more than the 50 feet it claims it is but uh, perhaps you, you know heights always look worse from the top I think um, so but it looks absolutely a, a terrifying fall I could only imagine uh, what people mm-hmm. would think if they happened to watch their dog go over that parapet yeah. Yeah. it would be absolutely horrifying uh, it was sorry no the the walls of the bridge are about 18 inches wide correct Yes, they're possibly 18 to 20 inches wide, uh, possibly even slightly thicker. They're a good thickness. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also about roughly three feet from the from the the bridge deck up to the top of the wall. So it's it's a good three feet high. A, a, a dog would really have to want to, to go over this. It's not a small six-inch wall we're talking about here. It's a fair chunk of a wall with a fair width to it as well um, so uh, uh, any animal that's jumping over this I think would really there must be a, something that desperately makes them want to go over that yeah I mean that's, wow. the, that's the thing there are, there are so many different theories about this and we're going to discuss a few of them uh, right and but, I mean uh, I just posted a couple of pictures on, uh, on our Facebook page if anybody's well, interested actually I have an album I'm going to bring up and put on there Oh, okay. All right. All, all shots that uh, Stephen uh, Scott took. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. And we'll, we'll also post the videos on there. Uh, I'll give you the links, and perhaps you can put that together and post that up. But okay. I, I definitely put a, a, a album of all the photos that uh, uh, Sparky took up there. So. <laughs> it looks so. like, I mean, this, this, I mean, the pictures that I'm looking at um, that I just posted, I mean, that looks like a pretty frightening drop. Um, and I can't imagine a dog, you know, going over the edge. I mean, it's, or anybody, <laughs> anything, anybody, you know. Well, so. the thing is, they intentionally jump. That's why they call it the suicide bridge. Yeah. And, in fact, there, there are reports of, the, of a dog who, who has jumped over, survived the, the fall, and then jumped again. Yes. Mm. Wow. Twice. Not the same day, I don't believe. No, I'm not, not sure, the same day. But nope. uh, nope. they definitely did it twice. And yes, Anne, it's, uh, you, you stand there and you look over and you think, I just can't imagine watching an mm-hmm. animal of mine go over that. It would be horrific, right. to say the least. Right, Yeah, absolutely. But, so this but, started you know, happening back in the 50s? Well, 50 years, do the math. Yes, yeah. Uh. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's difficult to lock down an exact date, but certainly I believe the stories of it happening have been going on from sometime in uh, the mid-50s, I believe. Is if we just take a benchmark and say possibly the mid-50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's it started off as hearsay, then it started to become, hang on, it's not just one person saying this. There's, you know, 15 people have said this now, and then by the time it got to the 70s and 80s, it was becoming a, a, a kind of commonplace thing. 
I believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's very difficult to try and lock down the exact date of when the first stories came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. So one of, one of the rumors that are going along is that uh, the bridge in the nearby Overton house are haunted. In 1994, a local man, Kevin Moy, threw his baby son over the bridge to his death, claiming he he thought the child was the Antichrist. Oh, my God. Yeah, we all know that's false because it's Obama. Uh, (laughs) Don't bring politics into this show, please. Oh, did I? Oh, I'm sorry. I must have been possessed. Excuse me. Stop that. uh, Yep, that's what it was. (laughs) So, so you heard that rumor as well, then, uh, Stephen? Yes, I discovered some stories claiming that this gentleman, uh, through his two-week-old son over the bridge, claiming that he was possessed by the devil, as he called him. But there's also uh, some information that you can track down online that also says that he also tried to throw himself off the bridge. Oh. Now, I can't find if that was the same night or after, but uh, the gentleman was arrested convicted and sentenced into Carstairs prison so it's a again it's a horrible aspect it's a horrible story and um, when you go into the some of the history of Overton there, there doesn't seem to be anything that's sparking this uh, you know there's no story of thousands of people you know being murdered mutilated in the area there's nothing there that really sticks out, it just seems to be happening. It has an interesting history, though, Overton House and the bridge itself. Nothing major. You, you, you know, there was no great battles or anything there that we're aware of. But um, right. So you want to tell us a little bit about the history? Can you yeah, tell us that? Sure. Uh, it was it was built in the mid-1800s, uh, 1862, for a gentleman called James White. And it's a, it's, it's a lovely building. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's a baronial-style mansion, essentially, it's a small mansion uh, it looks like a mini castle and over the years uh, the it served, the only thing that was on the site before this I believe was a farmhouse now I couldn't go out, couldn't find anything at all about this farmhouse or what was on the grounds before that point, but um, essentially it served as a functioning estate and then eventually after a, a brief period of time, I believe it was just before the 1900s, the land was sold on. Now, since then, it has remained. Now, wait, wait to think of this. It, it has re- remained in the hands of several people over the years. But during the Second World War, it was used as a convalescent home for soldiers and any locals mm. that were injured because of the war. Wow. Uh, in the mid 1900s, it was turned into a maternity hospital after the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fire went through the house but no one died so there's and it remained a hospital for about another 30, 20, 25, 30 years after that mm-hmm. uh, there was a it was then taken over and it's been used by various organisations and associations for uh, life improvement uh, I was just checking something on Wikipedia earlier the British government in 1975 used it as part of a quality of life experiment a religious group called the, the Spire Fellowship used the home uh, from 84 to 94. Uh, it's also been used by a group called Youth with a Mission, which is uh, it basically helped you know young people get into better practices, understand a little bit about religion, I believe, and to like, 
do things for themselves, almost like a youth hostel type mm-hmm. thing. Uh-huh. But it now serves as a Christian centre, also part of mm. the Scottish Youth Project, and it's there to help uh, young adults and people who are struggling, young teenage mothers with nowhere to go, this type of thing. And it's it, it forms part of uh, it's some sort of Christian society as well. Uh, that's run by a gentleman from Texas, believe it or not. So um, it's it's had an interesting history. Uh, and one of the most famous things to happen recently at Overton was it was used in the film Cloud Atlas, the movie, oh. uh, mm-hmm. for certain filming segments. Yeah, well, but, that was a waste of the place. I've never <laughs> seen it. I've never seen it. <laughs> Movie's uh, horrible. Ask <laughs> <laughs> oh. Nate. Nate would tell us. Uh, is Nate in that <laughs> chat room? Uh, <laughs> I think he is. He, he is. is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So ask ask um, Nate if what his uh, thoughts were on Cloud Atlantis. This is called what Atlas, was it? Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, right? Yeah. yeah so. so it's it, it doesn't seem to have any great history, or certainly no recorded great history of trauma, problems, issues. Certainly, if it was used as a hospital during the war, perhaps a couple of people passed within the grounds, but it doesn't have any of this, you know, nice juicy macabre things that you normally hear about, you know, uh, there's certainly nothing there that would uh, spark anything off that you would expect. Well, I, I find it interesting in in that there is a, a history of religion associated with the Overton House. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it, it, you mentioned it at the time that uh, Mr. Moya threw his child over the bridge. It was uh, a religious. What? What was? Did you tell us? Was in nineteen ninety? It was used by a youth group at that point. A youth group. Yeah, but so, it was youth with a mission. I believe it was called. If you uh-huh. give me one second, actually, I might be able to find something about that. Uh, it was. It's a non. It was a non-profit Christian missionary organisation. So again, it had religious connections. So, uh, anyways, Nathan's in the chat room. You want to know the name of the movie again? So, Stephen, if you're in a chat, can you put the name of the movie exactly. out there for him? Certainly. Oh, Great. Just now. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Oh, oh he got so, the review up. He says it was okay. Oh. He enjoyed it. If one watches it, it's one of those films that you have to pay attention to. Oh. So he has a different opinion than you, Van Helsing. It's one of the few movies I I actually stop watching. Oh. Really? You just walked walked out? Uh, just, <laughs> or you saw it on yeah. TV? I said, well, I said on tape, so I just like, see you later. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> so we have well, a different opinions, but, but you know, um, Nathan is much more refined than I am, so I, I will I will bow to his superior uh, <laughs> intellect. So anyways, um, going back to um, our, uh, our little uh, case here at the uh, Overton Bridge, the other thing I found on it was in Celtic mythology, Overton uh, is known as the thin place, an area in which heaven and earth are reputed to be close. Mm-hmm. Did you did you hear about this, Stephen? I'd, I'd heard I, I'd heard the word used in that respects before, mm-hmm. but uh, I couldn't have I couldn't have picked that out of memory. Now you've mentioned it, I seem to remember that. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, it, 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 so we've got this. Actually, we've got this religious theme associated with this bridge. I mean, we, you know, we have these many religious groups that have used the house. We have the the name itself, 
and then we have these strange occurrences of, of the, the the dogs that are uh, jumping to their death. I, I I'm not sure if perhaps it is the place itself. I mean, is it is there some? Are there well, you know how we have sacred places? Are there possibly unsacred places or unholy places? I, I suppose there could be. Uh, if there's anything that would, uh, I mean, I, w- I would have expected some sort of worship to have taken place at such a location in order for it to be classified as, you know, an unholy location. Uh, all right. So let's let's look at it the other other aspect then. So it's a holy location. We have all these religious groups again. It's called the thin. So maybe it is like a vortex or something where. Uh, there's an opening to uh, a better place, like heaven, for hence, instance. Yeah. And, the, and the dogs are just going to that place unwittingly. Uh, the, the, it's called, called the Uh You know, maybe that's maybe it is. I mean, maybe the you know the realm, the uh, what do you call it, the the lines. So uh, what it, I forget what they call it. The, the borders between the the, the, the realms of thin. Yeah, the veil. Thank you very much, uh, Blonde Bombshell. You are. Just terrific tonight. Yep, I know. I'm the best. Yep. The veils between <laughs> the, the living and the dead are, are the thinnest. And, uh, you, you know, you said you didn't open yourself up, but yet still you were able to sense some feelings there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think you could be right in some respects. Um, I mean, generally, when we look back in history, places are named for things that happen uh, or you know, experiences that people have there or it's tied in some way, a lot of places are tied back to religious locations. So it could very well be that uh, to the name Overton, which means, you know, a thinning down, uh, it could very well be that it's, perhaps it's easier to commune, not just with in a religious concept, but also with that kind of primal, natural source of energy in life that is a universal energy as well. So it's a, yeah, I could understand that mm-hmm. easily, and it could very well. Yes, I didn't tune in too much when I was there uh, because, I, as you know, I prefer to work mediumistically than psychically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I do work psychically, it's um, it can be a bit like getting slapped around the head. Sometimes it can be quite tiring. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, there was certainly something there, but I would also, I was also very okay. aware of how I felt emotionally. Being there I think we got some music playing here, Ron. Sorry. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I guess we'll take a break then. Uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation. Thank you, Ian, so much for that. You are just so awesome tonight. Uh... Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now... Thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he is a paranormal scientist. Well, moustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. 
Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guest this evening, Sparky Scott, investigative reporter all the way from Scotland. <laughs> I did <laughs> <laughs> I like so that, just be, Sparky. I like that. Get him a T-shirt or something. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. Uh, so, anyways, we we were talking uh, just before the break about perhaps it is uh, because of the name and, and the religious s different groups that are uh, have been using the place um, that maybe the, the veil there is thinner. Now we we know that the dogs. Um, are sensitive. They're very, they're very sensitive to, uh, for instance, to their owner. They they know when their owner's coming home, even though uh, it may be months at times. They can tell they're, they're going to be there. Um, they have that uh, psychic ability. So uh, perhaps it's that's you know lending into it. And and you know why don't every jo- why doesn't every dog jump over? Uh, as Stephen said, that there were some dogs. Well, he was there, and they didn't jump to their death much to our dismay. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> no, I'm quite glad I didn't see that. Actually, to be very honest, <laughs> yeah, but you could have been an eyewitness account. That would have been, you know, worth, you know, an extra raise for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have needed therapy, Ron. <laughs> I would have been able to speak. It's been voluntary. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm I'm down uh, I'm downstairs in my basement and my dog I I close the door so nobody bugs me while I'm doing my show and uh, my dog's right outside the door whining. <laughs> he knows we're talking. Yes. He now does. Th- there have been some uh, some people who have looked for logical explanations and in fact I saw a, a nice piece by. Uh, uh, actually, a canine psychologist in the UK, Dr. Davis Sands, and he did an experiment. Uh, and what he did, which is, uh, he feels that perhaps the dogs are uh, sensing prey, and uh, they jump for the prey, basically. Uh, uh, and he, what he did is, in the field, he took uh, some odors and put them in a bottle. There was a uh, mouse odor. Um, squirrel and minks, and then he took uh, ten dogs and released them. And of the ten dogs, I believe uh, seven went directly to the minks' odor, and then one to the squirrel, and the other two could give a crap. Uh, so, 
<laughs> but the, the theory is that perhaps there is a high population of minks under the bridge, and they, they sense that odor and jump over because, un, you know, unfortunately, although dogs have great smelling sense, they actually have very poor vision sense. Um, right. If, yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of an experiment he did, but it didn't really totally explain it. I mean, what, what's your thought on that, Spocky? Hey, <laughs> and honestly, I'm I'm not sure about that one, Ron. Uh, I've also had a look online, uh, and I actually found that uh, there was an interview with a local hunter that said that there's no mink in that, really? in that part of the area. <laughs> yes. So, um, <laughs> uh, I was a local hunter called John Joyce, uh, who lived there for quite a while, uh, said that there's no mink there. So I don't know if it proves anything or disproves. He said, uh, Mr. Sand certainly did a good amount of research into it. Uh, I don't know how readily uh, mink urine adheres to things, um, <laughs> to be honest, but uh, the river down there is pretty fast-flowing. Uh, the amount of rain we get in Scotland, uh, I could see this rising quite high at times. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, I know dogs have got senses several hundred times more powerful than what we have, but um, I don't know. It's it's there as a possibility. It certainly makes some sort of sense. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's... It's a possibility, that's all I could say. I couldn't put a... I wouldn't want to put right. a percentage on it because I've not seen all the research and everything that was done into it, so uh, it'd be difficult to quote on that. So, so according to Dr. Sands, he says, when the, the, you get down to a dog's level, and he's one of the most foremost dog psychologists mm -hmm. in the UK, mm -hmm. um, he says the solid granite bridge wall because they're very thick and everything it obscures the dog's vision of course their vision sucks anyways and yeah. also their hearing and so their odor or their offertory senses go in overdrive and mm -hmm. uh, they just jump over to get the smell um, you know I, I wonder I, I'm not sure but uh, I wonder if there's one particular breed that that uh, you know has jumped more to their depths than Others, I'm sure there weren't too many little chihuahuas. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, given the height of that bridge, it's it, there's only certain dogs, I think, would take an interest in it. I, I mean, I don't know, I'm not a dog psychologist. I have two dogs. I've had dogs all my life. Uh, mm -hmm. did, you, did you bring them with you? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Playing it safe, I'm just, I definitely did not. Um, no. As I said, there were people with dogs there, and I was seeing some interesting reactions from dogs while I was there. You did? Which was strange, yes. Uh, and um, But as I, I could understand where that comes from. Uh, I just, I'm not sure about, it's the, the scale of the place, the size of the place, if there's mink, there, I suspect the mink would be putting a scent everywhere. The the bridge is possibly, I'm trying to think, it's only about 10 metres long. Mm -hmm. So the animals, if, I mean, from my experience, if I've got a dog and it can't get to somewhere but it can see a place to go to, it will go there first before it runs anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I suspect if the smell's there, the smell would be everywhere. It's just interesting right. why they choose the bridge to be the point that I've got to go get the smell if that's what it is. 
because mm-hmm. if the smell is there, it will be all over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. If the smell is strong enough to withstand the current and the waterfall and everything prior to this bridge, then I suspect it. it and and if there are mink there, then they have to be everywhere, certainly. Um, What's interesting is is that of all the dogs I saw while I was there, I didn't see any of them running about like crazy sniffing. Right. So I would have expected, I was watching some of the animals there. Um, One was a Siberian husky that paid no attention to the bridge whatsoever and just wanted to come to me and then jump. I was was getting kisses and hugs from this big dog, which was great. One one was a Labrador, uh, sorry, a Golden Retriever that did mm-hmm. absolutely nothing, paid no attention to any smells, sights or sounds. Its owner mm-hmm. was in having a cup of coffee and that's the dog you can hear barking. It's tied mm-hmm. up outside and it just wants to get its owner back. And the other one was, uh, I've, got, I've got to make sure I say this correctly, a cockapoo, which is the, <laughs> the half cocker spaniel, half poodle breed. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that acted really strange. That's the one that was running about doing a, a bit of sniffing and a bit of strange manoeuvres. Uh, when I was leaving Overton House, I turned to my right, walked towards where my car was, and I thought, oh, there's a dog statue. I didn't see oh. that on the way in. Then I thought, that's not a dog statue. And for a brief minute, I thought, I, I, I could hear Harley Joel Osment going, I see dead dogs. <laughs> thought, oh, my God, because it just wasn't moving. It was static. And I stared at it, and it stared at me for a good 40 seconds with one paw off the ground. And I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, this is unusual. I thought, (laughs) so I did that whole kind of, you know, that I'll shake my head. No, it's still there. Okay, it's a real dog. That's perfectly fine. And it just stood there. Then it started running about the grounds where the Mm -hmm. car park is. Mm -hmm. Now, it was running in circles, and there was no one... There was a couple of people. There were a couple of people getting in and out of vehicles. It was paying no attention to them. It was just running in circles around the car park. Then the owner came up and I exchanged a brief hello. Thought your dog was a statue, kind of thing. And um, she said, "Yeah, he's been acting really strange since we got here. He's just been running about, not doing anything. He's just running about as though he's looking for something, but he can't find it." Ooh. And I thought, "Yeah, I thought." Hmm, strokey beard moment. Hmm, I'll need to make a note of that uh, yeah. because that's quite interesting. Um, particularly the way he stared so intently at me mm-hmm. as well. Um, I th- maybe I smell of mink, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I need better deodorant. Um, so it's uh, it's not time for my annual bath yet, maybe that's the problem. Hold you down. So. Uh, this little dog's just running about, running about, and I started to talk to the owner for a few minutes and say, well, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, you'd better keep a close eye on him. You know, and I threw a hook out there, I thought, I said, you know, some dogs act strange here. And she says, oh, yes, some of them jump off the bridge. And oh, I thought, you've got your dog off the lead and you know this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Are you crazy? But uh, yeah. they came up from the backside of the house, but she just said he's been running about strange. He's, he's been, it's as though he's looking for something and can't find it. That was mm. word for word what the lady said to me. And then I was watching this dog for a couple of minutes and I walked up the road and I watched it again and it was just running about the car park area right outside the front of the house just before you get to the bridge. Mm-hmm. And it was very strange behaviour. It was it was erratic behaviour for a dog. You know how dogs tend to see something and focus and go to it? Right. It's like it went right, right. to somewhere, 
then its focus went elsewhere and it went somewhere else. Then it would turn 90 degrees and go off to the right, then turn 180 degrees and come back the way it came. Permanently looked like it was searching for something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, it'd be huh? interesting if if we could uh, find out at what time the dogs jump to their deaths. Yes. You know, not necessarily to the minute, but it, mm-hmm. to the, as closest to the, the time we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be interesting. Maybe it, it does have something at a, a certain time. The the veil is thinner, or, or uh, you know, maybe there is that opening between the two realms, uh, if if that's what it is. I mean, this is mm-hmm. all conjecture, of course. Um, right. So I do have a couple of questions I have to ask. First of all... Um, is it open to the public, and and can people go into Overton House? And uh, what, do do the the people who own the house mind other people being there? It's open. There is a small tea room just as you go in. So you you walk in. It's actually quite an impressive place. The only access to the house you have is you walk in. I'll send you some more photos. There is a grand fireplace directly opposite mm-hmm. the main door as you walk in and there is mm-hmm. bar-reliefs inside the fireplace that look like a green man to me. Really? Oh. Yes. So I, I wanted to keep this uh, for, well, not hide it from you, but uh, I was hoping to contact you and say, do you want this internal stuff as well? And I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, mm-hmm. So I will send you some of the bar-relief photographs. In fact, if you, I'm not that proficient. I could even put them online for you just now. But uh, I'll put them on after the show. Uh, and well, if you, can, if you can send it to me, Scott, I'll put them all together in an album and I'll ah, post sure. okay. no post page so that we yeah. can, people can go to our page and see the whole right. thing. Okay, I'll email them to you. And Thank um, you. It's, uh, they looked a little green manish to me, which made me think, hmm, curious. <laughs> Perhaps there's more pagan roots here or there's a kind of pagan tie to the house that we can't find uh-huh. registered anywhere, which again would hint at religious belief, you, you know, not necessarily you know, paganism or witchcraft or anything like that. I'm not putting that on the place because I can't say that with any degree of certainty. But it certainly looked like there was much more of these um, natural style, I'll use the term spirit worship type thing. It, it reminded me very much of that. And you know it was what? just this absolutely gorgeous thing. It, it may mm-hmm. be part of the Underground Railroad where they, they help uh, leprechauns escape Ireland. <laughs> Except you're not in Ireland. <laughs> no, that's right. They, they, they're going to Scotland where they're protected. Oh, know, everybody's okay. everybody's chasing them around an island to get their gold, but uh, oh, they're yeah, safe yeah, in Scotland. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just thought, wow, boy. Getting lots of epiphanies here. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're literally chasing little green men. Mm, they, could be. Right? <laughs> it's the leprechauns. They're luring the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're like puckwudgies. You know how the puckwudgies in the Bridgewater yes. Triangle lure yes. people deep into the swamp? So they... Maybe there's some kind of elemental luring the dogs over the bridge. Interesting, yeah, interesting. I think we're on to something here. We have to do some more research on this over to yeah. So, anyways, uh, one thing I, I did notice in the, in the video you sent us, and once again, we're going to put the video on our, our Facebook page uh uh, as soon as I get it over to Ann, and um, you were going, you went down by the water, and yes. as you were walking along, you had this feeling, and then you got by, by this 
dead tree or this tree, and then yeah. it, it stopped. It was like yeah. a border. Is that what the you were telling me with that? All I can say is, is that I don't know if it was a border or not, but as soon as I passed that tree, it stopped. I didn't even see the tree till I turned round. I was too busy talking into my phone at the time you, mm -hmm. uh, to get the video. So mm -hmm. I just stopped and I thought, I feel a bit kind of strange. That's that gone. That's that kind of frontal presence mm -hmm. gone. It's The only way I can describe it is it, it was like the precursor to a headache. You know when you just start to get a little bit of discomfort? Yeah. And you think, oh, this is going to be a, a doozy. <laughs> this is going to be a real bad headache. It was like that. Yeah. And then I stopped. It had just gone, and I turned around, and I went, oh, there's that tree. There's a tree. And then I happened to look up, and there was this, <laughs> I don't know, it looked like the tree from hell. <laughs> it, was, it was this really old kind of... Yeah. Uh, gnarly. Petrified-looking gnarly tree stump. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but all I know is as soon as I passed that area that feeling stopped. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't get any kind of nasty sensations from it or that particular place or the tree. It, the tree I didn't particularly like. It didn't, it's not what I would call a tree. It was more a kind of a, a shell type thing. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, certainly as soon as I hit that point, it stopped. And I wasn't even aware of it until I turned around. Right. Hmm. So this is going to be all tied together then uh, in some type and of thing. Now extreme. The main thing I was getting at the start was I want to go downstream. Uh-huh. And you know how water water is a great carrier of uh, energy and element and all that type of thing. So perhaps there's something in that direction. It, mm -hmm. It's interesting because that's the, the next point I was going to bring up about the water being under the bridge. Now, it's, we don't, it's not a raging river. No, but it's quite fast-flowing. It's relative. It's it's not a no. It's not a raging torrent of water, you know. In the grand scheme of things, it's a it's a small river slash stream, uh, <laughs> but it is quite fast flowing. Uh, we've not had a tremendous amount of rainfall since the start of the year, uh, so it's it's not running. I think at its peak, but mm -hmm. um, it was certainly making enough noise that uh, it was interfering with the video and everything. Uh, you know the sound on the video when I played it back. So it's, um, yeah, it's quite fast flowing though. I would not want to fall in it. Put it that way. No, right. So, <laughs> it's, so now the the other interesting part, I, I I think if if it would be interesting to if we had someone who did dowsing or something and and actually mm. uh, see how the dowsing rods or or even the pendulum reacted to the particular area and and not you know if they walked around i mean is there a, a distinct area that that uh, you, you know that is, has some type of boundaries or is it just the whole area in general and uh, so w the bridge as you mentioned is not that that big it's only about 10 meters you said uh yeah yeah if you start from the the bridge you start from the the house and you walk down to the bridge did you walk completely across the bridge oh yeah yes i yeah i went from uh what i think is the east side to the west side of the bridge okay. uh, then i turned uh, i turned back on myself that's where the panoramic photograph came from uh -huh. i took a full panorama photograph of the bridge so you can see it in its entirety and mm -hmm. yes i walked straight across the bridge and the, that's when I started to get this pull on the left-hand side. Was when it was about a third of the way. It wasn't halfway. It was about a third of the way in. Uh, you know that way when you've had a glass of wine and you stand up too quickly and you just take a little stagger. Uh, no, I wouldn't know that. 
Ian I'm Michael. Still Anne there. I know Anne would know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Call just, me. Just yes. Hey. No. <laughs> and it was just that when you stand up too quick, you've maybe the glass of wine and you just get that tilt to the side. Yeah. It felt mm-hmm. like that, and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to go with this. The next thing I know, mm-hmm. I'm walking closer to that edge. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's interesting. I, I went back over it again. I, I walked backwards and forwards across it. The, the, the ground is not even, but it's not uneven enough to cause a tilt in my body. So right. it wasn't like I stepped on an angled piece of the ground and tilted and took a corrective step. I was on a flat section... It's got a gent- very, very gentle, very small camber. I would say it's maybe about 1% just to drain off the water from the mm-hmm. top surface of the bridge. It's tiny, you don't notice it. It's imperceptible. But at the same time, I got that pull. I went across in the opposite direction, and, yeah, I started to get that sensation again in my right-hand side, but not as strong. Hmm. Yeah, this this definitely could be be interesting to to do some more research on this. I mean, definitely, if you, for instance, if you took a compass on the bridge, would would that react the same all across the bridge uh, and under the bridge and up to the, not under the bridge, but down by the the river, uh, dowsing wise, would it any reaction different than that? Uh, so these are all things that that could be checked out and. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Uh, uh, what's his name, Steve Parsons, would come up with some other ideas as well to uh, test this thing as well. So, anyways, uh, we're running towards the end of the show, and and uh, one thing I did want to uh, ask you is uh, if you could correct me on my English. I mean, my Scottish. I, evidently, I, I mispronounced a few words. Uh, <laughs> Dumbarton is is not Dumbarton. No, it is Dumbarton, but it's Dumbarton. Dumbarton? Dumbarton? Yes, it's, it's, it's not Dumbarton, it's Dumbarton. Dumbarton? Yep. Mm. Gradually okay. say the start of the word then, Dumbarton. Make a point of the b- Dumbarton. B- Dumbarton. <laughs> so it's D-U-M. And yes, then it's D-U-M. Dumbarton. Yes, which is strange because there is also a Dumbarton. Oh, she's so gross. Yeah, what? We, we 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 also have a Dunfermline, and a, and I'm sure we also have a Dunfermline as a as like a, an, an estate, and Dunfermline's a place. Yeah, lots of N and M's getting mixed up. Mm, Scotland produce sweets. That's what they called N and M's. And the other word I said was the guy's name was M O Y was in and, th- and, and how would you pronounce that in Scottish? Moy. 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 Cool. Like oi cool. with an M. Yeah. Aye, moi is another M. All right. So all in all, uh, summing up your experience at at uh, Overton uh, Bridge and Overton Estate, uh, what what's your final thoughts on it? I thought it was it was an interesting place to go and look at, Ron. Uh, it's not the type of thing that I do normally. And, I know. Um, I appreciate that, by the way. No, no, no. It's no problem at all. It was actually. It was. I found it interesting. Uh, it's it's a difficult place to get any sort of history on about anything happening. Mm-hmm. I thought that I went. I try to keep a kind of openly skeptical viewpoint whenever I go to anywhere. Uh, but in this case, I felt a little. It felt strange. The sensation I got in the front of my head then transferred to the back of my head when I was walking back up to the house. And that's... I found that 
unusual mm-hmm. for a, a kind of draw to go from a frontal position to a, a rear position right on the, 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 the very back of my head. And it was just a pressure building there. Uh, I was very aware, as I say, of, 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 of that sound of the river mm-hmm. in my left-hand side on the way back up. But I wasn't experiencing it in my right-hand side on the way back down. Now, perhaps I need a hearing aid. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, perhaps, perhaps I'm unbalanced. That's official. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was just it was quite interesting to do, even just for a short period. I was only there about 45, 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just walking along, taking my time, taking some photographs, looking at things, coffee and a cake, back out, watch the behaviour of people and how people were reacting round about it as well. And um, I certainly feel that there's the potential for... I liked what you said about Overton, meaning the thin place. I could quite happily see that there because I, I also noticed that there was a history of religious connection to this site. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the, the kind of the little bar-relief inside the fireplace, that also made me think, hang on, perhaps there's more here. Perhaps it's, it's a much more stronger place of worship than we realise. And that could be tied to this in some way. I'm not quite sure how. But uh, it was an interesting place to go and have a look at, even just for a short time. Uh, I think there's, I definitely think there's more to the story than just scents and smells. Obviously, it's a rural location, you're going to get a lot of that. But I think there's perhaps a little bit more going on, and that's not to take away from the research that Mr. Sands did, because what he did was a fantastic job, but he's brought forward some really good, compelling evidence that this is what it could be. But I think there's maybe just something else there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Well, I know that was the bell, and, and, and Sands came up with a theory, and he tried to prove his theory on it, and... But his evidence wasn't overly conclusive uh, in any uh, shape, form, or manner. Uh, you know, the, the tests he did with the dogs were in an open field and, and were not anywhere near the same location and so forth. So there's a lot more, uh, you know, questions to his research than total conclusions of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he gave, uh, you know, the thought of this is a possible explanation for it. And, to me, that's uh, basically all I came out of uh, with his research. But it's a, it's a fascinating place. Uh, I've been drawn to it ever since I heard about it. And uh, I thank you so much, uh, Spocky, uh, Stephen Scott, for uh, you know investigating for uh, the one. I mean, we just about that was the doorbell, so we wanted to say goodbye. But um, no sensations like when you do a gallery reading as far as no sensations in your body that had the same sensation at the bridge even though you, you weren't doing a gallery reading? Uh, no, I wasn't picking up any spirit contact. Uh, okay. mm-hmm. Quite simply because there was no one there for me to receive nope. anything for. Nope. That's good. A fair, fair question. So, Stephen, thank you so much for being with us. If somebody wanted to find out more about you, where could they go? They could go to www.stephenwkscott.com Okay. Awesome. We'll or put on that website, on our Facebook Scottish.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking about that. <laughs> In case anybody tries. Yeah, and once again, I, I will post uh, an album of all uh, Stephen Scott's pictures uh, on our uh, Facebook page, which is what, Ann? We are at Facebook, uh, on Facebook at Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. So I will Pop post that up there, and we'll also like put us. your video up there as well, so you can see his charming little face. <laughs> there it was you bad go. lighting that day. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Cameraman was terrible. <laughs>
<laughs> whatever. But uh, so anything else you want to wrap up uh, with, Ann? Uh, no, just uh, want to tell everybody have a good uh, good weekend, and we will see you next next week is our live broadcast, right? Live oh, video yeah, broadcast that, from East Bridgewater Community Television. Oh, excellent. So there you go. Yes, it is. So, so. till next time, and, and don't forget, every first Tuesday of the month is the Red Light Science Study Group, which is really good now. So, uh, <laughs> go to Circles of Wisdom, uh, right. dot com. check it out. Thanks so. for listening, everybody. Good night, night. Stephen. Long-leggedy beasties and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good Lord.